0: With the whole porn conversation, I'm like, what else is going on? Because just like when people come to me with a shitty relationship with food, I'm like, it ain't about the fucking food. What's happening beneath that? So it's very easy to be like, just stop watching porn, get rid of the addiction, but it's not about the fucking porn. It's about something beneath that, and the porn is the way that it is just showing up. We are talking about porn today. Mm, You guys have somewhat begged for this episode. Honestly, I have had this this episode, request, idea, whatever, like, do you have an episode on this? Can you do an episode on this for, I would say, years, to be honest. So we're finally here. We're finally doing it. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome. I hope that you like my flower arrangement today that we have. Um, some peonies, some other things. And I feel like you can't see them very well, but they're here. And I'm excited to get right into this very juicy episode. So let me open up some notes. I was, you know, as I was showering and whatnot this morning, I was thinking of like, all right, what do I need to to speak about when it comes to, to the whole porn thing? So let's firstly just preface by saying that this episode is for men and for women, a thousand percent. And this episode is probably going to be a little bit different to what you would expect. I feel like people just want to hear... Porn is, porn is bad, porn is bad, porn is bad, but that's what everybody talks about, why it's bad and how to get your partner to fix, quote unquote, his or her problem. So I'm gonna give you guys some things, but I'm also gonna talk about it with a little bit of a different light. And that's the light of understanding men. Like it really fucking is. It's the light of understanding men. And, you know, I've read a few different articles as I was preparing to do this episode. of like, all right, let's see what else is out there. I'm reading these articles and I didn't go too into it. I just had a quick Google of like, Porn. And of course, there's a big conversation around porn addiction. Just like I kind of spoke about with the whole narcissist episode of Is He Really a Narcissist or Is She Really A Narcissist? We can link that below as well. Is these days we just want to latch onto a fucking label because it gives us this illusion of security, right? It, 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 it avoids us looking at a deeper issue and it allows us to feel. Like, we have taken responsibility without actually having to confront the deep-rooted issue. So here's the thing. The phrase, like, porn addiction, so someone's addicted to porn, I'm addicted to porn, whatever. It can feel like you are addicted to porn, but... What the science actually shows is that it doesn't show up in your brain like a normal addiction. There is no change in your brain when you are addicted to porn compared to if you're addicted to cocaine, alcohol, et cetera. Now, obviously that is a physical substance and whatnot, but there's still the hormonal impacts that are happening when you are watching porn and that addiction. So I really want to go into, into today's episode, and I am going to go into some things to be thinking about when it comes to porn and pros, cons. I'm going to really give you guys... It's going to be like one big, let me give you things, things to critically think about so that you can actually hopefully have a different perspective around this. And I want to obviously preface, I am not pro-porn. I am not anti-porn. I am very middle-grounded. That is the case with honestly, most of the things. Um, And it's actually like, I am a, I do have an opinion about things. You guys fucking know that about me, but I can be very, very level-headed because it's so dependent on the context. You know, even one of my one-on-one clients this morning, she asked me like, Monica, I really need your help with embodying the difference between emasculating and drawing boundaries. And that is an example as well, where it's so dependent on the context, on the situation, on the relationship and whatnot. So then how that's going to be embodied differently in different scenarios, health, wellness, mindset, personal development is not a one size fits all. And I think that we do a lot of, uh, we do ourselves a lot of damage and we put ourselves in really stressful mental situations when we slap a one size fits all, you know, because he gaslit you once. Oh my God, he's a narcissist. We put ourselves in a tricky situation because now we're in our head wondering, oh my God, am I in the wrong fucking relationship? When you're like, no, when I'm like, no, that is called a relationship. Sometimes you guys are bitches to each other. Sometimes you don't behave the best way. It doesn't mean you're in a toxic relationship. It means you're in a fucking relationship where shit happens, people are dicks sometimes, and everything's still going to be okay. Um, So this is like a really important uh, thing to remind yourself of that social media makes a lot of us feel like things have to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, there's something inherently wrong. And we need to like leave the relationship. Relationships are challenging relationships require intense amounts of growth and open-mindedness. You know, relationships require require you to go through big transitions in your life that would feel not nearly as big if you were single. And there's pros and cons to that, obviously. And knowing how to navigate that um, is not a one-size-fits-all because context and your environment and what else is happening in your life and your personality and his personality – all of these things are so vital to take into consideration when we're talking about any issues in a relationship. So, let's jump in. I also just want to give you guys a little um a little how what's the word? Like teaser. I think I said this in the last episode as well. If you want to come experience a day with me in person obviously, very different to my immersion. We are somewhat putting something together, possibly. Um, At this point in time, it's very, very in the works. And I would obviously love for you to come. So it's not my immersion. It's not intense. It's going to be, it's not a bunch of tears. There may be some tears, but probably happy tears. It's going to be fucking epic. It's going to be really high vibe. It's going to be lots of Q&A. It's going to expand you in the most limitless way in just a day. That kind of rhymes. Expand yourself limitless. What did I say? Expand yourself in just a day. That kind of rhymes. Anyway, um, we're gonna drop a waitlist link below so that you can put your name on it and make sure that you get all that information because it's gonna be a bit of a backdoor selling situation, which just means that we're really gonna sell it through emails and not so much on Instagram and whatnot. So you are gonna wanna check that one out. All right, well, let's get into the topic of porn all right so I'm assuming we all know what porn is and what kind of constitutes there being a porn addiction so what I want to talk about today is not porn addiction but just porn in general a lot of you have just asked like my take on it and whatnot so we're gonna kind of go through not only my take on it but really a lot of you need help in terms of navigating the situation with your partner so I'm gonna give you that stuff obviously goes without saying more of that how. And that help is obviously going to come with working with me. Be a lover, not a mother is the program that will perfectly couple this episode. So if you are needing help, in regards to this domain or really anything with your man, then make sure you do be a love and not a mother. You can do be a love and not a mother with your partner as well. It can be really, really helpful for opening up the conversation, understanding each other better. And then um, the man is also relaunching around August time with a completely new format that's going to suit men better as well. So that's something to also look forward to for them. So the first thing is, is that we live in a very dopamine-addicted society. Dopamine is a hormone where you always want more. You never really feel satiated. Once you hit that level of satiation, like your threshold of like, okay, now I'm satiated. What happens is you now need even more to get that, that good feeling that dopamine gives you. So what might be a shitload of dopamine for somebody else is not very much for you because you've increased that threshold over time because you are constantly like, um, Having your body secrete dopamine, you get hooked on it. Obviously, it's addictive. It's a good feeling, and then what your body requires to actually feel that feel that starts to go up and up and up. Just like with sugar, it's the same kind of thing. So your taste buds become used to your level of sweetness. So now you need even more sugar in order to taste something sweet. It's a very similar kind of concept. So what this means is that obviously, you know, with the combination of social media and online dating apps and Porn and, you know, these TV shows that get you hooked, like all of these things are secreting dopamine in our brains. And we want more and more and more and more. And when you've had a really rough day at work or when you're really stressed, what do you want? You want dopamine. For men, what we have to understand is that there is a biological difference, right? You guys know this. They have shit loads more testosterone than what women have we have a very very small amount of testosterone that really peaks around ovulation time um which gives us that kind of sex drive right also the estrogen but we're ovulating our testosterone increases we're like fucking ravish me i just want to like hump you at every moment of every day that is testosterone now women need a little bit of testosterone. You don't obviously want too much because then you can go into hormonal imbalances. Men, on the other hand, have a shitload of testosterone compared, yeah. to, compared to women. The level of testosterone has actually declined so significantly in the past years that it is concerning. The level of testosterone actually declines about 1% a year in men since I think it's 1980 or it's 1950. I cannot remember that one 100% perfectly correctly. We'll put the exact, I'll look it up afterwards, whether it was, I wrote about it in my book, 1950 or 1980. We'll put that in the show notes to clarify so you can look it up. But essentially, actually someone could do the math on this, but not me. Essentially, um, testosterone has declined about 40% from when it started declining to now. Would that make it 1980? That would, right? <laughs> oh my God, I'm so bad at that. That would make it 1980. So 1980. Anyway, so the point is men need to do, men get a good feeling from doing manly things that boost their testosterone. Just like women get that good feeling when we are doing womanly things, for want of a better word, when we are going and like hanging out with our friends and doing girls things and shopping and like putting face masks on and painting our nails. Not to go too down that rabbit hole But a lot of men have no close friends, they are very lonely, they are very stressed out at work, they lack direction and they lack purpose because we've kind of taken all that for for them. And so what happens is you have a very manless man in your house that is wanting to feel some fucking pleasure. And is wanting some dopamine and is wanting some quote unquote connection. We know it's not real connection, but it doesn't matter. You get the hormonal response of masturbating and watching some porn. You add on top of that the fact that at the end of the day, when a man is having sex with you, generally speaking, he is the one that's putting in most of the work. He's sweating his balls off. You're lying there just like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. Yeah, you got messy hair, but like you ain't breaking a sweat but he is like a puddle of sweat by the end of sex, or maybe that's just us. Um, But I do know this is the case for most people. Point is, is that when he's been pumping out resources all day at work, and he's been giving and giving and giving, whether it's to his boss, whether it's to the sick people at the hospital, or whether it's to the stock market, he's been pumping out his energy. When he comes home and the end of the day, these days, most of the time, he comes home and it's not dinners on the table. The kids are fed. You've been at home looking after the house all day, blah, blah, blah. He can just kind of like relax because you've got the house under control. It's okay. I need your help doing this. Take out the garbage. Can you cook dinner with me? Can you do this for the kids? This for the kids. And I'm not saying this is wrong by any means because I'm not saying that you need to be a stay-at-home mom or a housewife or anything like that if you want to be fucking great. But like I don't want to be. So I'm not saying that you need to be. It's for any new listeners that don't know that about right. me. The point is, is that we've had A huge amount of change in our life and not much time to catch up to all of this so if there is an opportunity for you to all of a sudden feel a bit better and release some stress you're probably going to do it so you know men are coming home from like really stressful days and they don't have the purpose that they used to have in society so they kind of feel purposeless the last thing most of them want to do when they're that exhausted is fuck you and this isn't. This is actually. I really want to preface. This does not mean. Oh, this is why he's watching porn. Because no, no, no. This does not excuse like porn addiction. That's not what I'm saying. It's something to factor in if your man sometimes watches porn. Men and their testosterone levels means that they have a higher sex drive, right? They ju- that is their natural state of being. They want to have more sex. They have that desire. Nothing's wrong with them for that. And when you couple that with, I'm tired from work. I don't really want to have to. You know like pound you for 20 minutes. It's, they don't want to have to keep giving. They just want to get a dopamine hit to have a release for a second and then go on with their night. And is that really wrong? Is, the, is there a wrong intention? In my opinion, no. We're going to go on to like more excessive porn use in a second. So hang tight. But in that example, firstly, which I know probably relates to the vast majority of you, the sometimes porn use is really in my opinion not a bad thing, and in the research again it's not a bad thing now obviously excessive porn use does affect relationships and that's written about and that's a thing so we're about to get into that. but just remember that you know like a man isn't as visual um, and isn't as imaginative as a woman, so he can't just read some poetry and get off to it. He needs that visual representation. Men have that desire to dominate a little bit. So whilst the porn is also, and this is one of the issues with it, is an unrealistic expectation of sex, he's not trying to get an unrealistic expectation of sex. He, he, that's not what his aim for. His goal is. His aim is to be able to get hard, get off, feel the release. That's it. That is his goal. And this is an important point to make because I've talked about this with my fiance before about the whole porn thing to like understand it and everything and and for this episode. And something to note, he's like, the way that men, most men look at porn is completely different to the way that a man looks at you, like his partner. The porn is there for a purpose. Once it serves its purpose, it's off, it's done. You're not watching it for entertainment. You don't want to date the woman in, in the porno, right? Unless, of course, you have a bigger issue you don't want that's not what you're trying to get. It's simply there to serve a purpose and then that's it. And he, and what he described to me is like, but you know, men that are in a relationship, at least the majority of the time, the woman in that relationship, he would never want to fuck her like that. He would never want to, to, to see her like that, to treat her like that, et cetera. And obviously it depends on the porn that you're watching. Let's just emphasize that. Point is, is that this bleeds into the comparisonitis that a lot of women can struggle with, of. I can't help but think: Am I not good enough in bed for him? Am I? Do I need to like do certain positions in order for him to get off? And whilst it is an issue when men bring up the whole like I've seen this in porn, like can we do it? That does not make any woman feel good. To men doing that does not make any woman feel good it closes her body off and the last thing that she's going to do is open herself up for you to hit her cervix and get that feeling that you want to get you ain't getting it well you ain't getting it from me at least so with the comparisonitis piece it's important to remember that the woman and this isn't just degrade great the women that do porn but let's just we all know that right so let's just remember that but the woman in the porn Show movie, uh, clip, whatever, is nothing like you, like completely different calibre. They don't, they're not even seeing this woman, right? They're seeing a pussy. They're just, they're seeing this sexual act that turns them on. So you have to remember that, like, that is an inherent thing for all humans. As a woman, you can't even deny that, right? When there is a hot sex scene, you're like, hello. So you have to remember that that men are experiencing that just on a bigger degree and they don't want to always have to fuck you in order to get off just like us women that's why self-pleasure is so important like i don't always want to have to have sex to get off sometimes i just want to be able to masturbate feel the pleasure and i'm like okay amazing because at the end of the day we have to factor in the realistic sense of sex and life and sex requires some effort right? It requires some level of energy. If you are absolutely exhausted, you're probably not going to be interested in sex and it's not really going to be that enjoyable. You might have it, but you're not really going to get that much out of it. Sex and that intimacy requires energy. Sometimes we all just want to get off, have a release and call it a day and not need to involve somebody else or not need to get his sweat all over you or whatever your reason is. And what I find interesting is, isn't it fascinating that women are allowed to talk about mass, like this is now media, right? So like on the media and on social media, women are like empowered women for talking about sex and masturbation and whatnot, like all those kind of things. But as soon as a man starts talking about his form of sex and masturbation, all this to say, there is no right or wrong with this argument. I do not believe or this topic, I do not believe. I think it's very, context- uh, very uh, context-based. very context And going back to what I was saying before, of, I always find it fascinating when, fascinating when we give a woman permission to go and masturbate and do whatever she wants to get herself off. But as soon as a man does what he wants to get herself off, women are like, that's so wrong. That's so this, you have to do it this way. It's like, oh, so you're saying that he has to do it a woman's way. Well, what if a man says you're only allowed to get off doing it a man's way, then what would happen? The double standards that exist, we're all aware of them, are real. And so when we come into light usage of porn, I personally don't think that there is an issue. I think that it is something that can be a little bit triggering for women and just a little bit like, oh, sticky So I think that it's a very helpful thing and I would encourage you to have a conversation around limits with your partner. And it simply could be that you just want to know when he masturbates and watches porn. And that would make you feel really sick. Now, we also have to respect that sometimes men are like, I don't want to have to tell you that and you'll ask them why. And the answer is whether they say it or not is because sometimes they can feel ashamed of it, right? Which is their own sexual trauma, just like women you know, can feel ashamed of masturbating. So one, they could be ashamed of it two they could feel bad that he wasn't getting off to you because he knows that could upset you three it could be that you know he did it literally when you were home and you don't want him to get mad so all these things are really important to factor in cuz tend to into, because if you've gotten mad before it's going to make him think that the past is going to repeat repeat itself so it's important to have a conversation just around what would make you feel good in knowing the self-pleasure, the masturbation, et cetera. And if there are any limits around it and just having a conversation on like what porn does for him, just simply knowing what porn does for him or men listening to this, sharing with your partner, what porn does for you and helping her to really understand it, helping her and really painting the picture of um, how it is different. So wildly different, not even on the same playing field, like different fucking country, right? Like different planet, literally, how it is on the diff- on a different planet compared to her and describe to her how you want to make love and fuck her brains out versus what you get out of porn because when when a woman can realize that the two are on on opposite ends of the spectrum it really helps to realize like oh it's a completely different thing it's not it's not sex it's 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 not even the same it's not even the same orgasm that he Has with you necessarily. So that's a really important piece to implement into your partnership if you have that. For those of you in the situation where there is a little bit more of like a quote unquote porn addiction, where um, there is an excessive use of porn, or at least in your definition and compared to what you would like, there is an excessive use of porn. We need to understand that just like a lot of things that are unhealthy, so excessively watching porn be one of them, having too much sugar, one of them, going to bed really late, one of them, drinking alcohol all the time, one of them, smoking, Anything like that, they are a symptom of a deeper rooted problem. And you are trying to get some sense of fulfillment, happiness, joy, relief, peace in your life. And you don't know how else to do it. So this is the way to do it. So for those of you that are in the situation where there is the excessive use of porn, I would try and really think about what else could possibly be going on in his life. And this is important because most men do not want to excessively use porn. But they are doing it because they, they're getting something out of it that is offsetting a feeling that they're having in their life. It could be something as simple as work stress, or it could be something a lot deeper. Fuck, it could be It could literally be sexual trauma and shame around sex. And instead of then not having any sex or not having, you know, not exploring sexual fantasies, they actually do do it, but they do it all in hiding because there is shame around sex. You cannot override a natural desire. We all have a natural desire to have sex, right? If you have a libido, which you should have, and if you don't, we need to balance those hormones, a, you know... Wanting sex is a natural desire, but when you have shame around wanting sex, you then will continue to want the sex and get that, but you'll do it in hiding. Some people do the same with food. You want the serotonin. You want that piece of cake. You want the cookies, but you know it's also bad or you feel like it's bad, so you're just going to do it in hiding. You're going to eat the food in hiding. It's the same issue. And all it is, is it is the way in which a deeper rooted issue is being expressed in your life. So we want to be healing that deeper rooted issue to then fix that expression of it, if that makes sense. And at the end of the day, when you lack pleasure in your life, it means that you're seeking it. You're not going to then just, you know, you're not going to then not get any pleasure, right? We are pleasure based beings. We are going to seek pleasure, but you will get pleasure in unhealthy ways, because seeking pleasure in healthy ways, it also takes a little bit of effort. It takes you more effort to pack a little picnic for yourself and go to the park for the day with your dog than it does to, I don't know, lighting up a joint smoking some weed, right? Or having a glass of wine or masturbating. That can give you a faster and quicker sense of pleasure with less effort. And we as humans, we don't want to have to put in a lot of effort because we are calorie storers. As in we are, we are, our premise as humans is to survive. So if something's going to require more effort and for us to burn more calories, why the fuck would we do that? We wouldn't. So that's why we always reach for the things that are the easiest to reach for. And you literally have to retrain your brain to have the deep self-commitment, the deep self-respect, and not even just your brain, it's also your body and not be, you know, blocked by all this trauma and all these bad habits and these toxic cycles that you have. I don't like using the word toxic, these bad cycles that you have, you got to reprogram your body and, and heal all of those things for it actually to be easy to seek pleasure in healthy ways. And like I was kind of saying before, one of the big issues that a lot of women have around the porn usage is not just because it creates like separation and the intimacy and like foxy intimacy, not just sexually, like even just emotionally. When you are in a relationship where you feel like you aren't giving him enough pleasure, or you feel like you all, you have to perform like some ridiculous, you know, like acrobats in order to please him, that pressure and you feeling like I don't want to do that, but also I don't know how to do that. And that wouldn't really turn me on that immediately puts all this pressure and heaviness on your shoulders And creates a sense of unsafety in your body. The flow and effect of that unsafety is... A lower libido is less pleasure, is you seeking less pleasure, is you having less energy because that stress is like winding your adrenals up. So, um, and it's this like constant undercurrent of stress over time that's going to cause fatigue, low libido. You're not going to have the energy to turn yourself on to do the things that make you feel good. You're going to wear trackies every day at home rather than dressing up for work. There's this flow and effect that we don't realize happens when there is a lack of pleasure in our life. Right. We don't realize that just carrying heaviness on our shoulders literally decreases our ability to feel pleasure and to feel just turned on in our day to day experiences. I always think it's a really good analogy of living at like 70%, 100% being orgasm. Both of you in your relationships should have the goal of living at 70%. Like you want to be feeling like you are ready for sex. And you're, you're quote unquote ready for sex because your life turns you on so much. Your life makes you so happy and rejuvenated and pleasure filled that you could, you know, get, you could be ready for him to slide right in within five minutes because going from 70 to a hundred or 70 to 90 is a much shorter, you know, space than going from zero to 90. This is something I actually talk about in Queen Alchemy, by the way, if you haven't, um, Booked your space in for Queen Alchemy Round Twelve? Please make sure that you do. You guys can get early access to the portal already, which is amazing. So it means that you can start doing some of the portal content before all of our group calls. There are a lot of calls that you are able to come to, and then every every Wednesday we have our usual two hour call, and then we also have the mini trauma calls that you can pick and choose where uh, which ones to come to. But there is an abundance of live calls. So the more the more of you that can jump in early and start diving into the portal early. It means that you're just going to be ahead, way more relaxing, better for the nervous system. You're going to be way more ahead when we actually start the live component of Queen Alchemy so you don't end up getting behind and therefore you'll also be able to just make the most of it. So if you know that you want to join the next round of Queen Alchemy, you can join early and get access to the portal early. I know I'm not like promoting it or anything. It's not in launch or anything like that, but I'm just saying this here for any of you that know you want to join and whatnot send an email or go to the website page click that you want to join and then you'll get an email with the form to fill out and once you fill out that form then we'll be in touch i'll be in touch actually um so in queen alchemy the whole concept of really what i what i help you to do is living at that state of you know being turned on in your life and that is a result of you healing your trauma and you healing you know a lack of self-confidence, you, you know, healing that fatigue that you feel, the lack of motivation, the lack of clarity, the comparisonitis, the procrastination, the bad habits that you have, the, you know, excessive smoking or drinking, the sisterhood wounding, the mom and dad stuff, the need for validation with men, like a million or one things can be healed in that program. And when men also aren't living at that 70% because they have all that trauma, which they're often better at just shutting down. When they are also not living at 70%, you can see how it just makes sex become this thing that is just, it requires so much effort. When you can make sex something that requires less effort, so it's less about the orgasm, more about the journey. We've all heard that before. If you haven't, there you go. You want to make sex something that's easier, but sex has not become easy when you have people with a pile of trauma or people in bad habits or people hating their lives and hating their jobs and being stressed all the time. Hence, with the whole porn conversation, I'm like, what else is going on? Because just like when people come to me with a shitty relationship with food, I'm like, it ain't about the fucking food. What's happening beneath that? So it's very easy to be like, just stop watching porn, get rid of the addiction. But it's not about the fucking porn. It's about something beneath that. And the porn is the way that it is just showing up. So for you guys in the situation where he is watching a lot of porn, having the conversation is really important. But when we shame someone or ourselves. Um, And we kind of like put this label on, you know, being addicted to porn. It doesn't necessarily help anything. Um, So this is something to consider when you're talking to him or for yourself. And so when we slap a label on it, it can keep somebody feeling like they can't control this and they're a victim to the porn rather than realizing that their sexual urges are completely natural and normal and that you do have control over them and they do need to get control over them because all that's really happened is it feels good to masturbate it feels good to just have a quick easy hit of the dopamine and guess what you get into a bad habit of making that the way that you get a hit of dopamine you get you that that is the way that you get this hit of feeling good and getting the relief So when you also stop putting a label on it, and I've talked about this before in terms of like depression and anxiety and and PCOS, when we put a label on things, whilst whilst you know a diagnosis like let's say endometriosis or PCOS can be really helpful, I'm not denying that at all. It can be very helpful. If you use it as the end all and be all, like, see, I can't help myself. I've got PCOS. I've got endometriosis. I've, I'm porn addict. I'm addicted to porn. Like, nothing I can do about it. Can you see how you immediately take your power away? You give your power to the label, and you make yourself the label. Instead of actually realizing this isn't an addiction, this isn't a problem, this is a symptom of other issues and I can get control of this. I can fix this. I can stop this. I can heal this. Just like you can stop being lazy and never exercising, right? You can choose to stop watching porn. You can choose to go out and exercise. You can choose to quit sugar or whatever it is you can choose it. It's a it's a choice that, that requires you to get uncomfortable. People don't want to get uncomfortable. It's comfortable watching the porn because they've gotten themselves into this habit. It's probably become an anchor for them. They come home from work, they watch their porn. It's like coming home from work and eating ice cream, coming home from work and getting your teddy bear and snuggling it. We have these anchors in our lives that gives us a sense of safety in a way. And in some sort of capacity, there is a sense of safety that his body is getting or her body is getting from watching the porn and watching it on repeat, probably similar times of the day or after similar circumstances have happened. And it's their clutch that they, that they lean on, et cetera. Now, obviously, like I said a million times, everybody is so different. But for those of you that are relating to what I'm saying or that are finding us helpful is the whole porn is bad problem is just making it worse, like toxic masculinity. I don't think porn is inherently bad. And it's really important for you to have a different lens of, okay, what else is going on in his life, in our life, in our relationship, where he is finding comfort essentially in doing this. The flow on effect, obviously, of watching excess porn is bad. The fact that you're addicted to it, like you're addicted to sugar, isn't ideal. And when you add on, this is important, when you add on the sexual negativity, that society puts on us, especially men, right? Like there are already inherently bad people, right? Toxic masculinity, blah. When you add on that sexual negativity that is already placed on us, plus possibly family placing extra sexual negativity, or religion placing extra sexual negati- negativity, it makes the whole situation worse. And people are so full of shame for admitting defeat. So then They don't admit it, right? This shame can cause somebody to stay quiet and just stay in their own isolated bubble of continuing to do the thing that they know is wrong, but now they feel shame. So they need an even greater sense of safety. So they're going to go and keep doing it because it's the only thing that's making them feel good, but then immediately after they feel bad. So it's this really, it's a heartbreaking cycle that people will find themselves in because they know they're doing something that they don't want to do, but they don't know how to get out of it right? And it's a choice. Firstly, it's actually realizing for everybody listening that sexual desires are normal. Wanting sex, wanting that release, wanting that dopamine, there is nothing inherently wrong with you. You have to choose to decide that you don't want to stay in this bad habit anymore because you know it's actually not serving you. You're being mean to yourself. You are hating yourself when you're doing it, right? And often the thing that will free you of shame is admitting what is happening for you. The weight that is lifted when you stop keeping something hidden is huge because the porn addiction is just that symptom of a much bigger issue. So when your partner comes to you and shares this with you, or when you have the conversation, can you bring empathy? compassion to the conversation because you need to understand that there's something else just like okay let's if your partner brought to you like hey honey I have actually been really struggling with with drinking lately and I've noticed that I'm using it as a clutch after a hard day at work would you immediately shame him probably not because drinking is more normalized in our society right there we go drinking isn't inherently bad well, kind of is for your health, but anyway, that's a, that's a whole of the point. But drinking isn't inherently bad. You would firstly probably go, babe, what's going on? I'm so sorry. Like, tell me what's been going on in life. You would you would immediately go to what's been going on in life because that is talked about. But with porn, we often don't want to talk about the subject. We immediately kind of shame the person if they, even, if they even make it known to us that they're watching porn because it's like, oh my God, you're watching porn? What the fuck? It's immediately that. And so when people are having that response, whether it's online talking about porn or whether it's, you know, you've talked about it just like, you know, in a bypassing conversation, like, oh my God, I heard that like Susie's husband watches porn, like blah, blah, blah. Can you see how you're immediately creating sexual negativity in your relationship that isn't going to create the safety for him to come forward? That doesn't mean you need to monitor every fucking word because that would just be exhausting, but it's something to be aware of that porn is something where it's not, talked about in a neutral way it's always talked about in a negative way and so it keeps people stuck in this spiral of shame and continuously doing it and not actually allowing themselves to admit that they want to change it because they cannot admit it to anybody and the first step we know of like changing something is just admitting it to somebody to ourselves etc but if you're worried about being shamed and if you're already shaming yourself and if you already feel shame by society you're not going to do it. And a really important thing to note before I go into the confidence piece for women and the comparison I to finish off, a really important note is on social media and when you Google it and everything, there is always negativity about porn. There is always negativity about, and this is obviously from like educated people because it's like, obviously, it's always porn is bad. porn is bad, porn is bad, porn is bad, porn is bad. Porn is bad. And so if you put yourself in one of those men's shoes that is like, yeah, I fucking know, but it's the only thing that's giving me a release, and then they don't even feel like they can come to their partner about it, can you see how it's like, it becomes a little bit of a problem? So if you want to make it safer for your man to actually heal from this, you're part of that equation, if we all get that. And obviously- for those of you that are like, all right, Monica, well, I need to know exactly what to say, how to say, I don't want to emasculate him, blah, blah, blah. That is be a lover not a mother. The link for that program is below. The Meta Money Bundle is still open. It's only open till next week. So if you haven't joined yet, then this is your sign to join. Um, and I have no doubt that in be a lover not a mother in the future, there's gonna be some kind of module with my fiance. So that will be really juicy for those of you join now, those of you that join now to then get access to because I do add extra modules to programs as things go go along. So the last thing I want to say is around that inherent kind of, co- that deep self-confidence that you obviously want to have as a woman so that this doesn't affect the way that you feel about yourself. Now, I've talked about how you and the porn star are on a completely different playing field and whatnot. That's really important to note. But then also, when it comes to you not wanting, I'm just going to say you not wanting him. I'm going to assume that I'm talking to majority of women about a man if it's the other way around i apologize just switch um so switch it in your head when it comes to you not wanting him to do something anymore it's a very intricate blend of boundaries and not just like thinking about the boundaries right like it, you have to act on the boundary it's an intricate blend of boundaries queen embodiment not tolerating less than what you know you deserve being the muse, doing the work on yourself, understanding men, and thus why he's watching porn, patience, deep communication, and proper communication. I'm going to repeat all that again, and for those of you that suck with boundaries or you feel like your boundaries are not getting through, you need to join the Boundaries Masterclass because it will radically change your life. i I know most of you know this or those of you that are long-time listeners, I am very good at boundaries and boundaries are not a simple like oh just say this do this there's a lot more to it so if you feel like your message ain't getting through you need to join that masterclass if you're not already in it. If you're already in it, rewatch it. I'm going to repeat what I just said again so that you guys can write this down and really nail it. When it comes to you not wanting him to do something anymore, whether it's porn or else or something else, it is an intricate blend of boundaries, queen embodiment, not tolerating less than what you know you deserve, being the muse, doing work on yourself, understanding men, and thus why he's watching porn or why he's doing X, Y, and Z, why the issue is happening, patience, deep communication, and proper communication. That is the intricate blend of having a man, your partner, not do something anymore that is really, really affecting you in the relationship. Now, you can't necessarily change people inherently. People do change and you can change people in that when somebody being with you has made them a better version of themselves, right? But you haven't forced them to change. And so the key thing is is that this integration of all those things you're not forcing somebody to change what's happening is that you are rising you are being the best version of yourself you're not tolerating anything less than and all those things intricately combined is going to mean that either he's going to rise or you're going to realize like oh we're not a match for each other which is a really really important thing for you to know healing those wounds is vital in order for you to have that deep self-worth and confidence and security and for also not standing this shit, for also not standing unhealthy behavior, for also not standing him not getting help and not dealing with the issue. If you are allowing issue to not be dealt with over a long period of time, I'm telling you right now there are some wounds that you are avoiding dealing with and you're probably afraid of abandonment and whatnot and there's some low self-worth and probably some low self-confidence whether you know it or not. And you're afraid, you're more afraid of losing the relationship than afraid of losing yourself. So you continue to tolerate something that you know you don't actually want to tolerate. When you have that deep self-worth and deep self-confidence and that deep self-security and you like back yourself, you will confront issues because you are only available for being respected in the relationship. You know what you want your sex life to be like you know what you want your relationship to be like. That is a two-part operation, you and the other person. If you are not getting what you want in your relationship, you need to realize that you can take control of your 50%. And you want to make sure that you've done all of that 50 Because a lot of women that will come to me or a lot of men that will come to me for coaching, they're, they're doing their part, not saying that, but a lot of the time they're doing about 25%. Because we're not taught, how to be in relationships. We're not taught how to understand the opposite gender. We're not taught how to communicate effectively to the opposite gender. So we're doing the best that we can, but if you don't realize that there is more that you can do, that you can do even better, then there is a sense of you're not valuing yourself enough and you're not valuing your relationship enough. When you do work with me, whether it's one-on-one, in person, a program, be a lover, not a mother, whatever, It allows you to ensure, you then ensure you have that deep self-confidence in knowing you're doing everything you can in the relationship. And you want to make sure that you're communicating in a way that will make you the muse and support him to rise in his leadership and manhood. I always say this, be the muse to your man. I need to get that shit copyrighted. Be the muse to your man. If you want him to rise, especially these days, you have to be the muse. But if you don't know how to be the muse, if you don't know how to communicate with him, if you don't know how to relate to him, if you're not doing it in a way with support and empathy and you're thinking beneath the surface, I'm hoping you can see how maybe you're not being the full muse. So I'm going to leave this episode there. I hope that you guys thoroughly enjoyed it and it really helped you to think critically about this topic. I tried to bring in different points. so I hope that I have helped a lot of you with this topic because I know it can be challenging if you are in this situation, please listen to this episode again. You only retain about 30% of what you hear. So you've only retained 30% of the episode. So try and watch, try and listen to the episode again, especially if you were doing something else whilst you were listening, you won't have listened to most of it. Maybe you want to watch the episode next time on YouTube. And that way you have that like visual representation as well. It can help it to sink in a little bit better, especially if you're a visual, a visual person. So Ladies, for those of you that haven't left a review on my podcast and you have been loving it, please make sure that you do. It takes you two minutes. You can do it on the toilet while taking a shit. I do not care. Please just leave a written review and send it to us and we will send you a exclusive meditation. You guys love this meditation, but I hope that you guys also just want to leave a review out of a value exchange because a lot of time, a lot of time and money goes into every episode. And so I appreciate when you guys leave the review, it helps the algorithm, it helps other people to be like, okay, I need to listen to this show, which obviously supports me and supports you guys because other than I can keep allocating the resources to making an episode each week. So this was a long episode. It was a lot longer than I planned. I hope that you guys thoroughly enjoyed it and I will see you next week.